0: Today's New Testament reading is the first epistle to the Corinthians, the sixth chapter. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more, then, matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers, but brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers?' To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves are wrong and defraud, even your own brothers. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, and make them members of a prostitute? Never! Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Timothy Azam.
1: Whatever happened to the phrase, what will the neighbors think? In my parents' generation, what the neighbors thought was huge. Everyone felt pressure to keep up with the Joneses. Today it's different. People like their privacy and limit their exposure to the world with such things as dark glasses, tinted windshields, and automatic garage door closers. They seem to believe that if people can't see them, they won't have to have an opinion about them. In the first half of our lesson today, St. Paul reminds us that the Lord really does care about what your neighbors think, but probably not for the reason you may imagine. He cares because of what you do and say reflects the message of the gospel, and ultimately on the nature of God and his relationship to the world. If one were to sum up the first half of today's lessons, one could do so with these words. What will the neighbors think when Christians haul each other to court? If Jesus is supposed to be about love and forgiveness, why are his people suing each other? Isn't there a better way? Isn't there a mediator among them? can help them sort out their problems without all the scandal in st paul's day civil cases were adjudicated in the town square where your neighbor did his shopping the judge the plaintiff and the defendant were all on display throw out any thought of confidentiality you just gave your neighbor a front row seat st paul called the whole situation a dirty shame why because christians were depending on unbelievers to sort out their problems Ironic, really, since God intends to invite believers to judge even angels when the unrighteous of this world stand before him. You and I have been washed, sanctified, and justified by God and are the beneficiaries of the greatest reconciliation ever mediated. Can't we in the same vein figure out a way to reconcile with our brother without using the law? In the second half of our lesson, St. Paul elaborates on the law's other limitations, particularly its inability to inspire righteousness. Though something might be permitted by law, practicing the same may not provide any particular benefit, such as taking one's brother to court. You may win your settlement, but at what expense? It simply tells your neighbor that you are hard-hearted and unreasonable, just like your God and the rest of the Christian church. Additionally, other choices we make in the world may not be expedient. For example, allowing habits and addictions to control us. Why would we give any compulsion or distraction such power? When we were saved from them, we were united to Christ as a husband is united to his wife, in body and spirit. In fidelity to Christ whether spiritual or physical, denies who we are and confuses our neighbor. We can't make a case that Jesus is our Lord when our neighbor sees otherwise. We can't make a case for having our sins washed away when we are so willing to invite them back. What will the neighbors think? What will they think about God? What will they think about God's church? An old friend in Indiana told me the story about his uncle who cultivated mint for the William Wrigley Candy Company. Mr. Wrigley was in the habit of showing his investors how spearmint grew and would bring some of them from Chicago to Indiana to see the mint operation for themselves. Incidentally, the farmer whose mint field they were touring was named Richard Gums. That's right. William Wrigley, Jr. brought his spearmint from a man named Gums. Anyway, my friend Pete would polish up the Uncle Richard's Cadillac and detail the interior for Mr. Wrigley and his guests, only to see them drive their shiny limousine right into the black Stark County muck. What was once clean at great personal expense became dirty all over again. Farmer Pete understood what the the congregation at Corinth and Christians today may still not understand. You don't have your nephew wash and detail your car when you intend to get it dirty in five minutes. And you don't rejoice in your sins being washed away just to invite them to return. Such behavior speaks directly against one's relationship to God and contradicts our witness to unbelievers. On the other hand, when we live in Christ and allow him to be our master, God is honored and the neighbors are not confused by what we say and do. God would that all people believe in Jesus and be reunited with him. He sent Jesus to live the life intended on our behalf and die the death we deserved for our benefit. All who believe this are cleansed from the filth of sin, declared holy and made right with God again. When we seek this kind of reconciliation with our brothers and sisters, we show our neighbor what God's reconciliation is really like. When we demonstrate victory over small things... By the power of God's spirit, our neighbors can take us seriously when we tell them how Jesus overcame the big things like sin and death and the devil. It does matter what your neighbors think about God, what they think about the church, his body, and what they think about you, a member of his body, for he is the hope of the world, your salvation and theirs. Amen.